art of remembering, the call to remember. It's something that we receive from scripture, and it's something that we can do, that we can practice over time with skill, with intentionality, and God is just gonna show up in so many different ways. Hello, people. Welcome to episode three of The Art of Remembering. This is episode three. Um, I forgot to tell you that on the front end, but okay. we're going to roll with it. Uh, super, super excited to be back. Took a little bit of a break um, creating content and stuff uh, just because it was a really busy season. But uh, it's going to be really cool to get back into it, and I'm excited. My name is Brandon Caffrey, uh, and I have a special guest with me today. Oh, one of my closest friends. Oh. His name is James Meehan. Come on. And here's what I need you to know about this conversation. Uh, I have no idea what we're about to talk about. Glory. I don't know how it's going to go, but it's going to be pretty good. So that's going to be awesome. James, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Good. To be called your special guest and one of your closest friends makes me feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, James, can you give... Uh, anyone listening a little context about who you are what you do um, and kind of our relationship too from your perspective <laughs> yeah for sure so uh, like Brandon said my name is James Meehan I get to be the director of content for switch the student ministry of life church I got saved at the age of 19 after spending seven years pretty much all of middle school and high school very far from God would have primarily called myself an atheist at times a little bit more agnostic you know sometimes I was open to the possibility of God existing. Um, encountered the grace of Jesus through God's people when I was 19, which then opened my heart to the possibility that maybe there's more to all of this. And by this, I mean life, everything. And that led me to hearing the good news of Jesus preached, responding, making the decision to just go all in because so much of what had turned me off to Christianity before were Christians who talked the talk but never actually walked the walk. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person where I've got a pretty addictive personality in the sense that when I go in on something, I go all in. At some point, maybe we can talk about what that looked like with my obsession with Dungeons and Dragons for a period of time. <laughs> That's not here nor there. But all that to be said, um, that started what has now been a nine-year journey of following Jesus and every day trying to grow closer to him and become more of who he's created me to be and every day finding more and more joy in that process it was probably two and a half years ago that we met i think summer of 2021 summer of 20 it was like right after covid so i guess two years yeah so two years ago uh, i met brandon now i had previously known his sister caitlin yes because she started working for life church and we worked closely together on different content things Got to meet Brandon when he became an intern at our church. He interned underneath me, and that was this really, really cool time to get to know him, who I affectionately referred to as the other Caffrey. Yes, he does. Because before he could make a name for himself, he had to break out of his sister's shadow, and she cast a pretty big shadow. She did. Uh, so she, she's been on the podcast before, so everyone oh, knows. So they know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So nobody really talks about anything that I say, but they're like, oh my right. gosh, what your sister said right. was incredible. So Man, we love, Can we get the real Caffrey back? Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. We're actually going to be transferring the stewardship of this podcast over to Kaylee. And so during that uh, summer, Brandon and I really got to know each other pretty well. He went back to college, then he came mm -hmm. back, finished up his internship. We were reunited, launching Life Church's short-lived young adult ministry. Um, but throughout that time, I just became a huge fan of Brandon because now he's no longer the other Caffrey. He is Brandon <laughs> Caffrey. 
for his integrity, his faithfulness, and his passion to follow Jesus wherever he leads. And then, you know, along the way, I got to see him uh, woo his now wife, come which on. was also really special to see. That was awesome. Uh, and, you know, seeing how far he's come just in those last two years has been really cool. So I would describe my relationship to Brandon as like, I was his Barnabas and he was my Paul. But now I think in the same way that Paul began to take the lead, Brandon's now taking the lead because he, he buzzed his hair about two months before I did. <laughs> and so now I find myself following in his footsteps and I'm, wow. I'm honored to do so. Wow, I, I'm honored. I'm in the, uh, the awkward stage of like, the post buzz where it's like coming back in and it's at that length where it's like you're not you don't quite have a buzz cut but you also don't quite have normal hair either so god pray for me everybody um i'm glad you said it so that way you have to (laughs) cool uh something something i really appreciate about james is i've learned so much from him and he doesn't let me get away with anything uh which is incredible and we're actually in a series in the youth ministry that we're both part of right now that talks about uh, the importance of friends and how to, to, to make super valuable friends and friendships that last and point you towards Jesus. And James is 100% one of those friends for me. So uh, super stoked to have you on here, man, and have this conversation with you. Uh, it's going to be a, a great convo. I've got sort of a plan, but we can really just go wherever the Holy Spirit takes us. So. Um, this is going to be a good one. So last episode, episode two, Caitlin and I got to talk about the biblical basis for the art of remembering. Uh, I described that episode as this is the fact check for what we're saying on <laughs> the good. podcast. That's good. Um, it, it's, it, is, there, is this legitimate? Is this real? Um, and there, there's a lot of different examples of remembering in scripture and how important it is and, and what just the value it brings to our lives and our souls um, it, to close that podcast out, we started talking about in Revelation how um, John writes this this sentence. I think it's in chapter 12. He says, um, and, and the saints of God will overcome by two things, the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And, and how when he says the word of their testimony, it's almost an invitation to remember mm. God's work in your life, uh, the saving grace that brought you from darkness to light. And Come on. It's, it was just really cool the first time that hit me um, and, and beginning to process is, hey, the word of our testimony is really what we're talking about here it is the in the art of remembering. Yeah. Um, and the the gospel before that which is the blood of the lamb we, we are to remember that first yes too but uh what i would love to to talk about with you james is when it comes to remembering our testimony remembering how god has saved us and transformed us um, how do we look back and recognize god's fingerprints kind of all over our life um and, and how do we recognize God's voice. Um, there, there was a quote that I heard recently um, with when we were doing a study with uh, our small group um, from Gary Bershears, who was one of John Mark Comer's uh, professors, where he said, learning to hear God's voice is probably the single most important act in Christian living. <laughs> it's, it's like this big statement where he's like, boom, there you yes. go. So, James, question for you, man. Just hearing that 
as kind of the introduction to the conversation today, what, what's kind of your initial reaction and, and how do you process uh, looking back uh, to kind of identify where and how God has worked in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting you to ask the question, like, how do we look back to notice how God has spoken to us in the past, what he's done in our lives? And I think the first thing we do is we actually look back. Okay. Which seems super simple and basic, yeah. but it requires us to slow down enough to take a look behind us and then actually think about what God has done in our lives. You know, uh, there's another quote. I've heard said by many a preacher mm-hmm. that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Yes. Come on, man. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of us that are like so busy with what's happening right now or so busy with the thoughts of what might happen in the future that we never actually look back and reflect on what God has done. Yeah. I think that's what's interesting about even the question then of how that connects to learning to hear God's voice because if we look back we see how often God has chosen to reveal himself to his people through language, through words, through speech. Hmm. Um, you know, when you think about when Adam and Eve are walking in the garden, they aren't reading the text. They're listening to the voice of God. Hmm. When Moses is called by God to be a deliverer of the people of Egypt, he doesn't find a scroll on a bush. Yeah. He hears the voice of God speaking from a burning bush. Now, obviously later, the different people of God would write down what it is that God had spoken so that all people in this line, in this family of believers from then until now could look back at what God had spoken, but they could read it in scripture. And what we believe is that what God spoke then is still relevant to us now. And so it's interesting to think about how the idea of listening to God's voice can seem pretty abstract and nebulous to a lot of people, but I would say one of the best ways to do that is to read what God has said in the past that other people thought was important enough to be written down. Um, And I think the more that we can actually see how God has spoken to his people throughout history, the more in tune to his voice we will be in our world today. The number one recommendation I give to people is read what God has already said. Instead of always waiting for the next fresh word from God, which I believe God is still speaking to us today through the power of his spirit that dwells within us. Also, if we wanna learn how to tune our ears into that frequency, like if if your mind, your ears are like a radio, you gotta find the right station, the way you tune into that is by reading his word, what's Mm. already been said, what's been written, what was considered important enough to the prolific figures throughout Christian history that this was worth writing and preserving so that generation after generation could see what God has said and then tune themselves in to what he is saying still to us today. Hmm. That's so awesome. It's so crazy to see some of the, the connecting things that are tying our conversations together. Uh, in the last episode, we talked about um, the principle of the first mention in scripture <laughs> yeah, good. where where Caitlin brought, you know, the analogy to help us understand that of, of striking the tuning fork to, uh, oh, she said something like the first time we see it show up um, in the context we, we, we see it, like yep. that sets the tone um, for the rest of the the time and so 
that the the concept of finding the right station or tuning in to, to God's voice by looking back at what he said before it is amazing. And I love that so much. Um, we try to tie scripture into anything that we can. Um, and I love that in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, uh, 27 through 30, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one of that whole concept of my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me is the sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd and anyone's first step to beginning to recognize God's voice, not only in their present life, but in their past life, is to, to kind of try to tune themselves in to his frequency of how he sounds, I think, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's great. How, how do you do that in your life, James? You know, you talk about scripture and reading scripture. What, what's a way that you can read scripture and start to make it about I, I'm recognizing this is how God sounds. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to commit this to memory and download it in my soul. Yes. So I can hear his voice in my present life. That's so good. I, I love the image of the tuning fork. And uh, what I think is interesting here is I am so musically ungifted, <laughs> if that is a word, that like it's best to describe me as tone deaf. Like I, I can't tell. Mm. And so if somebody were to do the tuning fork thing. Uh-huh. I couldn't tell you what the note is. Yeah. Even if I'm hearing it. So I couldn't replicate it. Now, I imagine if I were to undergo some type of training with somebody who's actually like a music teacher that eventually I could develop the ability to pick out what the note is yep. and then replicate it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have that because I have zero training in the world of music. I played the recorder uh, in like third, fourth, and fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> Because I think everybody does. <laughs> uh, at least a lot of people I know did when they were yeah, younger. Yeah. And so like that's that is my musical expertise. So I think what's interesting here is these words of Jesus, my sheep know my voice. Mm-hmm. He's telling us this thing, and yet there are some of us who we are so untrained in hearing the voice of God that maybe we know it, but we're a little bit hesitant. Yeah. Or we're not confident in it. Like I could guess yep. at what the note is that was tuned by the fork. Right. But I wouldn't be confident. And I, I probably wouldn't act on it because of how hesitant I am. I think that's what happens with a lot of people is this tension of, I believe God speaks. I think he might be, but how do I know that's God and not me? Right. How do I know that's God and not just this maybe selfish desire that I have. Uh-huh. And, and the truth is there are a lot of people who act really confident about what they think God is telling them. And then when they say it out loud to somebody else, when I've had people say it out loud to me, I'm like, wow, that sounds nothing like anything I've ever heard God say to anyone. <laughs> uh, God told oh. me I'm going to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's it. He didn't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God told you you're going to be the next insert prominent well-known pastor mm. okay i i feel like god wants you to be you yeah and if god wants you to become like anyone i think it's his son jesus that's good so, so so i say that to say 
So how do we actually train ourselves to hear the voice of God? Again, I think scripture is the foundation of that. Mm -hmm. What I recommend people to do is uh, just start reading the gospels one chapter a day until you die (laughs) (laughs) like there you have it everyone (laughs) listen the the heart of our faith is the good news of jesus yeah the whole bible is inspired the whole bible is awesome the whole bible is helpful some of it is actually more helpful than others right i'm gonna offend some people but some of the bible is more important than others just ask jesus he said the most important command love god with our heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself that's a good distinction even jesus thinks there are parts of the Bible that are more important than others. All of it's inspired. All of it's useful. All of it provides wisdom for us to be who God's created us to be. But if you were to ask me what the heart of it is, well, it's it's the Gospels. It's the good news of Jesus. And so what I would recommend people to do is to just start there. And the more familiar you become with the person of Jesus and the words that he has said, the easier it will be for you to identify his voice amidst mm-hmm. all the other voices in our world today, That's all good. the other thoughts banging around in your head. And then the second step is to begin inviting other people into the discernment, into figuring out, is it really God saying this? I yeah. think one of the things that's so valuable that you bring to our friendship, Brandon, is your willingness to ask the question and invite me into what it is that you're processing, the things that you're wrestling with God about. Of Hey, here's this thing that I feel like is happening and you ask me to weigh in on it. Um, and that is a level of wisdom that I think is so valuable. The worst ways to try to hear and act on God's voice is to do it separated from scripture and separated from people. Hmm. When you have those two ingredients, that's going to cover like 90% of it. Now there's still some more that we can kind of talk about, but I think if you start there with, I'm going to study the life of Jesus. I want to know every word he said, maybe I don't have it all memorized, But if I continue to immerse myself in the story of the Gospels, then it may not all be memorized, but eventually it will become internalized so I can pick out his voice among all the other ones. And if I'm inviting other people into this journey of trying to hear the voice of God, they're going to help call out in me the selfish things that I wish God would say, Hmm. apart from the things that God has actually said. Yeah, that's awesome. I I don't want to rush past one of those statements that you made um, you, you might have to help me with the phrasing. It was, is when you start to to recognize, you start to internalize. Is that how you phrased it right there? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't remember. That's okay. But because this podcast <laughs> is the art of remembering, I think I said something to the effect of, uh, you may not memorize it all. Yes, but that's eventually, what it was. if you continue to immerse yourself in the gospels you will start to internalize it. That's so And good. then, I, I didn't say recognize, but you did. So we'll just, we'll just add another eye. Come on, let's do it. it. <laughs> you may not memorize it, but eventually you'll internalize it. And the more you've internalized it, the easier it is to recognize God's so voice. So good. That's Come good. on. Come I'm going to write dude. that down. Uh, I'm going to write that down too. Uh, it's funny because <laughs> on my notes here, I, I literally wrote remembering leads to recognition. Ooh, and come it's on, dude. just that's like good. you tee, tee the ball up right there because that's, that's incredible. If, um, as we start to train ourselves to, to know how Jesus sounds and know what he is like and then surround ourselves with people who will hold us accountable and, and, and push us towards uh, Jesus and everything we do and say, um, we are able to 
to recognize a, a little more easily, a little more confidently, Amen. perhaps, uh, what God's will is. And, and, and even in that, uh, the training of it, um, it, it doesn't remove the possibility of you looking back in, on your life and recognizing it in your past as well. Absolutely. And and I think that that's important. Um, something that we referenced before is the majority of the biblical concept of hope is based off of looking back yes. and remembering how God has delivered and, and came through and what he has previously said in and over your life yeah. and in and over his people's lives in, in the narrative of scripture to, to kind of give you the faith to move forward uh, through whatever you're doing. So remembering leads to recognition. And, and when you remember what Jesus sounds like, you will begin to recognize his voice when he speaks. And That's really good. Some, something that, that, that just came to heart for me was something that I've had to walk through. It, it's probably like three months ago of... Uh, that's kind of important to this conversation is remembering that Jesus was I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this Jesus is and was like a real person like who <laughs> who had like a personality and Come everything on. like it, so when we when we say things like we're starting to recognize what Jesus would say but also what he would sound like yes like I know what James's voice sounds like yes I, I could probably also mimic his communication like pacing <laughs> because I've hung around him so much and I've yeah, heard him yeah. talk and everything and so there's this journey that I went on um, and, and it was reading through this this book by John Eldridge called Beautiful Outlaw. Oh, come on, where, bro. Yeah, where, <laughs> where he goes into this discussion of like, you guys realize like Jesus was a, a real dude, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and, and so that's really important, I think, as we're, we need to keep in mind as we're trying to figure out what Jesus sounds like. He's not the, this, this super distant yes. kind of character of mythology that you you don't really have a a, a, a frame of reference in your mind to kind of compare what type of recognition you can have yeah he he was actually a guy who just walked the face of the earth and, and you on, can dude. hear his voice recognize his cadence um and there's just uh, some amazing beautiful possibilities in that i yeah it's so funny because beautiful outlaw was a book i read pretty early on in my faith yeah and it blew my mind because up until that point, the conception I had of Jesus was very much this holy being who floated six inches off the floor and his face glowed. <laughs> yeah. And then I read that and I was like, wait, 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 wait. So, so the idea of God becoming man meant God actually became a human being. Right. So he like ate, he drank, yeah. he slept, mm. he, he used the restroom <laughs> like he, he actually did all the things that we do as people. Yeah. Like when he was a baby, he cried oh, and he needed yeah. his mom to take care of him. Mm -hmm. When he was a kid, he probably, uh, you know, like also still needed his mom to take care of him because he wasn't yet a master chef. Maybe mm -hmm. he was at some point. Come I don't on. know. But, but that <laughs> idea of the humanness of Jesus is so, so valuable. Yeah. Because when we recognize him as a human being, a real person who wants a real relationship with us, then instead of assuming he only speaks in very high formal regal language, mm -hmm. 
we can start to recognize his voice as the voice of a friend yeah. speaking to us in times of need and speaking to us whenever he just wants to remind us that he's there for us. Yeah. You know, in John, I believe it's chapter 15, Jesus talks about this idea of he doesn't call us, his disciples, his servants anymore. He calls us friends wow. because we know what he's doing. We know what his plan is. And, and servants, they're not included in the master's plan, right. but friends are. I think that's this really cool thing of seeing him for who he really is, a human being, flesh and blood, who left footprints in the sands of Judea. Like he actually lived, he actually died, he actually rose again, and he actually still speaks to us today. Come on, that's so good. And I think in that, there's a key to being able to remember parts of our testimony, that that Jesus is not just a savior who steps into those extremely emotional, spirit-filled, revolutionary moments, but he's a savior that also can encounter you at the gas station. And <laughs> It, Come on, dude. Yeah, it, it, I, I, this stuff fires me up, man. I, I'm just excited about it. Um, so w- we say all of this to say part of the art of remembering and, and remembering your testimony as well is, is, is recognizing the voice of God, looking back and knowing, man, God has been present uh, in my life and has been transforming me in the littlest of ways and in the biggest of ways yes. um, since the since the moment uh, we uh, accepted him in our hearts and, and believed in the gospel. Um, so that being said, we I think we can confidently make the statement that e- even though this is part of our past, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come and, on. and God has not stopped being involved. Amen. Uh, so God's work is not exclusive to the past. It's not exclusive to the time of Scripture. He's active today. And uh, I, I meet with a mentor who kind of has helped me walk through trying to figure out what discerning God's present activity is. A lot of it is is knowing His voice from my testimony and, and looking back and and all of this. But he presented something that I think would be really cool to, to process. And we've actually touched on some of this, uh, a lot of this before. And, and so what he said, there's like three different things that we can examine. And, and when the one, like he goes, if two of those three things line up, you can be pretty confident in, in God's activity and how he's working. And so number one was, the environment that's around you is God showing me signs or moving things around me that give me direction or, or, or remind me of, uh, something. Number two is leaders and mentors and friends are the people that God has put in my life as leaders or mentors or friends directing me towards him in a specific way. And then number three is God's word is scripture or my spirit leading me to a specific answer or, or a specific recognition of his activity. Um, it, it, do any of those um, kind of strike you, James, or, or remind you of a situation that you've been in in your life where you, you've kind of tapped into the, the art of remembering to be able to, to figure out the faithfulness that you were able uh, or needed to step into in the moment? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is those three things, scripture, other people, the environment slash circumstances, uh, all kind of came together really powerfully in me coming to faith. Hmm. And so in particular, I uh, went to high school in Kansas, 
because my or my senior year of high school was in Kansas because my family moved there for one year, moved back. I started dating this girl. And because of that relationship, when my family moved back to Oklahoma, I stayed in Kansas. Yeah. We ended up breaking up. Um, I was maybe going to go to college up there, but just felt zero motivation to do anything because basically my entire identity in life had been wrapped up in this relationship that was mm. not healthy yeah. for anyone. Yep. And so this relationship ends. I find myself at a dead end in my life because I missed the deadlines for applying to the junior college up there. And so I legitimately have no idea what I'm going to do next. Hmm. One day my mom calls <laughs> me on the phone and she just says, Hey, I think it's time for you to come home. Wow. And so I've got these circumstances of there's nothing here for me anymore. My mom invites me to come home. So I, at that point, had no other options. So I said, yeah, I, I think that sounds nice. So I moved back in with my parents in Oklahoma, started working at Freckles Frozen Custard, yeah. come on somebody, eventually <laughs> rose up the ladder to be the assistant manager, making nine twenty-five an hour. <laughs> and again, at this point in my life, I'm not sure what's next. I'm thinking, okay, I'll apply to the community college down there in Tulsa, but because I graduated from Kansas, I got to pay out-of-state tuition. So I've got to spend a whole nother year here before I can get in-state tuition. So it's prolonging my stay. And then my mom makes the decision to kind of put the foot down and say, hey, if you're actually going to live in my house, you're going to start going to church with us as a family. Wow. And I'm only making $9.25 an hour. Yeah. Saving up for school. So I decided, okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll just go to church because that's a lot cheaper than the other options. Yep. So I start going to church and I'm surrounded by a community of people who love me in ways that I'd never experienced before. Come on. And at this point, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I was not a Christian. I did not believe what they believed, but I couldn't believe how much they loved me. Mm. And that started to break some walls down to the point where when I was presented with the gospel, I responded in faith because mm. I wanted what these people had. Yeah. And so... I say that to say, even though at that point in my life, I had no reference for scripture, if I just look at the people and the circumstances, all of it seemed to have been orchestrated by God to bring me back to him. Hmm. And even though I didn't know that I was collaborating with his plan, I was because I just kept moving forward. And now knowing what I know about scripture and how God works through people and circumstances and through his word, I can recognize that when my mom said, hey, James, I think it's time for you to come home, that wasn't just an invitation to return home to live with my parents. It was actually God speaking through my mom to bring me home to him. Wow. And that's the kind of thing that I can only recognize now because of how much I've gotten to know the voice of Jesus yeah. and see that, oh, through my mom, he was inviting me into a relationship with him. Come and on. I had no idea at the time. Come on. That's incredible, man. Thank you for sharing. Um, Whew. It's good. It's just good and it's life giving to talk about these things. And I, the whole kind of heart and reason why, you know, I, I want to see whatever God has in, in these podcasts is because I know these types of conversations and these stories and, and just even the way of life that allows you to slow down long enough to look back and remember how God has, has touched your life in the past. Um, is so life-giving and so encouraging and there there's a joy and there's a confidence in looking back and remembering God's hand and fingerprints on your life like nothing else man and and something that 
God has been teaching me recently and I've been walking through is just like the 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 battle of being in ministry and going you know am I supposed to be doing this like am I qualified to do this and <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. had so many conversations about like you know feeling disqualified and and all that and and then I take the time to remember my senior year of high school and, and having somebody read the Great Commission um, from Matthew 28 over this congregation uh, of youth um, at at a camp and just kind of in that moment encountering Jesus in a really special way yeah. and going something about the phrase make disciples of all nations just like would not let me go. Come on, dude. And then talking with a friend about it and saying, hey, I think this is, you know, what's going on. I feel like God is calling me into ministry. And the reality was I was an 18 year old kid. I was not qualified, but it didn't (laughs) matter because the Holy spirit was going to be with me. And and him, him looking me in the face and going, well, duh, dude, like (laughs) you mean to tell me like you've been considering anything else. And it was the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard in my life of like, what do you mean? Like I've never considered going into ministry and, and just that circumstance and then the the people around me and then going into God's word and, and just trying to to internalize it as much as I could yeah. <laughs> and beginning to recognize some specific desires that the Lord has placed in me that uh, have have just kind of wired me to to try to step in and, and disciple people and um share the gospel and and that's been so cool but and then even later like seeing that confirmed by pastors like the scene the the youth pastor of that church i told him what happened and he was like man i see it in you like your story it's powerful it makes sense it lines up with scripture and then his dad who was the senior pastor of the church the youth pastor told his dad and the dad was like hey let's sit down Hmm. and i share my testimony with the senior pastor of this church and he was just like, yeah, makes sense. I think you're supposed to go into ministry. And and I, I'm like, what is happening here in, in trying to process all of this? And, and yet, even though that is my story, there, there are moments today where I think there's no way that God called me to go into ministry. There's no way that yeah. I, I've been in, intended to be a part of God's plan um, and just really just go along for the ride uh, with the Holy Spirit as as he does all the work, um, but it's because I don't take the time to remember that, yeah, and, and see that, and and praise God for it, because um, it like I didn't do anything special. I wasn't on stage preaching or singing or doing content creation. I was just sitting in the seat, yeah, and it was like, here we go, man. <laughs> Let's see what happens. So, um, James, last question, dude. It, it, what has God been doing anything in your life recently um, that you're excited to share with people and or look back in a few years and remember? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I'm excited about right now is uh, I have personally been on this journey for years now, maybe four or five years, to really narrow in on who is it that God's created me to be? Hmm. How has he wired me? What are the gifts that he's given me? Because, you know, 
we live in a world today where there's all sorts of different assessments and personality tests and Myers-Briggs and Enneagram and everything oh else gosh, under the right. sun. But in scripture, we find spiritual gifts. We've got all sorts of passages and verses, and we've got these different roles of the church that are laid out in Ephesians. And so what I've been trying to identify is anchoring my sense of self in God's words. What is the role that I've been given to play? What is the gift that God has given me? And what is a verse that I would say defines my approach to ministry? Because mm. what I think is um, true for me and possibly for others is that the more we know who we are, the more confident we can be in who we are and the more secure we can be in who we aren't. And oftentimes wow. there's this temptation to look to people that we admire or who are successful in whatever way you want to define that word and just imitate them rather than imitating Jesus and becoming more wow. like him. And so for me, it's been really digging into what does it mean for me to have the role of a teacher within the body of Christ? How do I exercise the gift of leadership that the Holy Spirit has planted inside of me? Hmm. And then when it comes to this verse that I feel like God keeps bringing to mind, John 3.30, where John the Baptist says, I must decrease, but he must increase. How does that get played out in everything I do? Yeah. How do I make less of me and more of Jesus in my writing, in my speaking, in my friendships, in my family? How do I continue to lower myself to elevate him? And so I think that's this thing that I've been really excited about learning more and more of how God has uniquely wired me and how much that's grown my confidence yeah. and the role that I'm meant to play in the church. And then even getting to bring other people on that journey and helping them identify those same things and just seeing them kind of uh, break out of maybe this preconceived notion of themselves that they used to hold right. has been really cool to see. And I, I can't wait to see several years from now how God has continued to work through them discovering more and more of who they are. That's so cool, man. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us today uh, for this podcast episode. James, thanks for being on here, man, talking with me. Uh, I've, I've had a blast. And like I said earlier, this conversation has just brought life to me. And, and, <laughs> Good, and I'm I love it so, too. so pumped. Uh, to close, could you pray over everybody listening um, and that, that the Lord would just bless them with a, a spirit of commitment to training themselves to be able to recognize the voice of their shepherd. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now so grateful for the fact that you love us enough to speak to us, that you speak to us in a way that is meant to draw us closer to you and lead us in the purpose that you've created us to fulfill. God, I pray that every single one of us would step in to whatever area we may be lacking. Maybe it's our understanding of how you've spoken in the past. Maybe it's our awareness of how you're speaking to us today. Maybe it's that we're lacking some of those necessary relationships to help us discern, is what I'm hearing from you or is it from something else? God, I pray that each of us, as we're listening to this, would be more excited to learn how to listen to you so that we can hear what it is that you want us to hear, so that we can do what it is that you want us to do, so that we can love others the way that you have loved us. So God, give us the faith to listen to what you have to say and give us the wisdom and the courage to do the work we need to, to train ourselves to hear your voice loud and clear because we trust and believe that you are speaking to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time on The Art of Remembering, where we remember God's faithfulness to strengthen our own.